you had just held to the truth up front. When we allow little lies to come in, we start entertaining too much. And then before you know it, oh, whoa, I didn't ask for this. How did this happen? You don't want to admit it started with something so little. And you don't want to admit it started because you just wanted some jollies. Mm. But that's exactly why it started. Hey, Pantry fam. Are you looking for more faith-based podcasts, but you don't know where to go? The Access More Podcast Network has over 40 shows on topics like faith, culture, family, and entertainment, and offers a safe space to discover inspiring conversations. So if you're a fan of this show, you're going to find encouragement, hope, and joy from other podcasts on Access More. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, and welcome to the Pantry Podcast, where we serve up Jesus, not junk food. And today we're talking about keeping out lies and keeping that fire lit. Man, I'm going to tell you, first of all, this episode has been another one of those. Sometimes we run across an episode where it's like, huh? And and we we have a problem connecting it across. The dreaded re-record uh, happens. Uh, and, but you know what? That only means one thing. That means that whatever's going to be spoken tonight is what God wants. And I really, truly believe the enemy doesn't want it. Because when, yes. we come, when it comes against us this hard, we're like, okay. Because we really got to dig in, tighten up our bootstraps and say, okay, let's get into the word of God. Yes. Um, keeping out the lies. So when we're sitting here and we're thinking about keeping out the lies, it's one of those things that we, we want to be careful of. Because... A lie, one lie starts a spark, right? Mm-hmm. One lie starts a spark. And then if these lies keep continuing, we keep letting non-doctrinal ideologies of the world enter into our churches. Now we're talking the four walls here today. I know that we generally sit there on the individual and we talk about the church and the world and mm-hmm. all this stuff. But right now what we're talking about is the individual church because the passage that we're going to come out of today is going to be out of revelation. And it is actually speaking to a specific church. And I want this to be understood that we're looking at this from, you know, how someone could receive this from the congregational level, but also how a leader could step in and start seeing and realizing what's going on in his church. Right. And when we think of keeping out the lies in our house, it's very similar to keeping out the lies in a church. However, the difference that you're going to see in Revelation is this idea of the lampstand, which we'll go into in depth in a second. But just remember that the lampstand is a symbol of anointing for the church, mm. right? And that's a local assembly and the person in charge, the the pastor that is in charge, the leadership. And so as we go through this, this is not in any way suggesting loss of salvation, but it is a loss of anointing and a, the loss of trustworthiness of a certain local assembly. And that's something that when you think about breaks and builds, It is something that's breaking down the greater body of Christ in that. I mean, of course, the body of Christ is the body of Christ with or without the four walls. Right. Whether we're on Zoom or in person or here or all the way across the world, we're still the church. However, you never want to know that your brothers and sisters somewhere are being led astray by lies or that their church is losing its anointing. Um, because that can have so many different ramifications. And also it makes it tougher to, it it just increases the need for discernment among the body, which is one of the things that's tearing us apart because we all look at each other, can I trust you? Can I trust you? And this, this whole thing is less about, you know, when to baptize people or like how many times you're going to take communion. This is about those blatant lies that are being let in in these gaping ways. I think there's there's a different time in conversation for, you know, 
those theological differences right. where it's like, well, everyone's got a Bible verse to stand on. And it's like, you know, some might be a little more confused than others. But no, this is when you're literally taking things the Bible condemns you and you're justifying it. You're slapping a Jesus fish on it and saying, no, we can have that here. Right. Absolutely. And one of the most important things here is why are we doing this? Why are we speaking this? Because the world is dark. Right. There's a quote by J.C. Ryle that says the world is full of sorrow because it is full of sin. It is a dark place. It is a lonely place. It is a disappointing place. The brightest sunbeam in it is a friend. Jesus. Right. Jesus. Friendship halves our troubles and doubles our joys. And that is what we're really getting at, because as we're moving forward and we're seeing all of these things, look, look, I I think sometimes we preach to the choir on some of these things because we do see these blatant lies that come into the church. We see how it is tearing the church apart. In fact, sometimes I sit there because I say this all the time. And Michelle's like, I think today is like the first time she's really had to dig into all this. But I'm like, they're going to lose their lampstand. Or they've done lost their lampstand. He's or they've like, done, their candle their done candles blown done, out. Done blown out. <laughs> but but it's not in this judgmental phase as much as it's in this like you're no longer a church phase. Yeah. Because you are no longer preaching the word of God. Um, when we were looking at this too, and we're gonna we're gonna digest into this. In fact, let's just go ahead and do that because we're looking at the church of Ephesus. Um, this is actually in Revelations two. It's one through seven. And and I brought this church out because it does speak to the lampstand. It is a threat. It is God saying, hold up a second. If you keep going down this road, then I am going to remove your lampstand. I am going to remove what you said, the anointing. And when that anointing is removed, we are no longer speaking from that, that, from that position of God's power. Right. We are now speaking from ourselves. We are speaking from lies and we're speaking from a worldly perspective and not the godly perspective. And that's really where I want to unpack this. It is going to get a little difficult in some of this because what God lays on my heart sometimes, even I wonder, I'm like, how are we? How, how are we? Lord, I sit there and go, okay, okay, let's try. Let's try because we're not perfect either. But listen, so we're talking to the church of Ephesus. And I like in verse two, how he comes in and, 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 it, and it builds them up. It's not like they were wrong all the time, right? They were getting things right, but there was, there was a spark. There, had, there was a spark that was coming. God's warning them. It says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Well, boy, I wish I could stop right there. <laughs> I That's wish like I could. an A plus church so <laughs> like, far. I wish I could stop right there in my own life sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, know. And then he goes, but. <laughs> nevertheless. <laughs> nevertheless. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, when you hear nevertheless in the Bible, you might want to start listening. Right. Because God's got a point. You're like, oh yeah, what? Yeah. And he's like, nevertheless. You're like, oh, yes. search me, oh God. Okay. But listen to this. Nevertheless, I have this against you. That you have left your first love. You've left me. Like it doesn't say that you are leaving. Mm -hmm. It says you have left me. So all of these other things become good deeds. Mm -hmm. They no longer have the anointing of God. It's who who is the the pastor is talking about his daughter cleaning her room. And what did he say? He said, if he tells his daughter to clean her room and then a couple hours later he comes back and he says, Hey, how's the room cleaning going? And she's like, yo, dad, guess what? You know, I washed the car, I did the laundry, I did the dishes, the bathroom is sparkling, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, but how's your room? If she hasn't cleaned her room, but she cleaned every other place in the whole house, she could have cleaned everybody's room on every on the whole block. She's still in disobedience to her daddy. Right, and so unanointed, mm-hmm. right? I cleaned my room. Oh, well, that's not what I told you to do. Right. 
And so we have this division and this blockage. But I love what he always does after uh, nevertheless. <laughs> nevertheless, he gives us out, God. He gives us away. And that's what we're talking about. When we brought this up at the beginning, this is not just for the leadership of the church, but this is also for the congregation of the church. This is people who sit there every day and listen to the word of God or listen to the to to what's being preached from the pulpit. Um, I want to say theologies should be preached from the pulpit. But as we can see in today's society, we are not seeing that we are seeing other things being preached. Therefore, they're walking away from the commands of God and taking on another kind of love. A love for people. No, we love people. God tells us to love our neighbors. But the love that they're having and demonstrating by bringing these things into the church are walking completely away from what God has told us to do. But remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, verse five, repent. (laughs) I love that word, by the way. And do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand. There it is from its place unless you repent. Right? Right. That's awesome. It is awesome that there is a grace of God. Mm -hmm. There is awesome that we can sit there and take and make mistakes Mm -hmm. and yet come to a repentive state and turn it around. That is what this is all about. This is about the turnaround. It's about the consequences before the turnaround, but coming to the turnaround and then turning around and going forward. It's kind of like someone who's in addiction. Okay, look, maybe they're a believer and they're struggling with addiction. They got the hooks in, right? Well, then all of a sudden they repent of it and then there's this turnaround. Or a church who's bringing in ideologies that do not align with biblical truth. And I'm not talking secondary, like Michelle said. We're talking about very blatant ideologies. We're talking about things. Oh my gosh, grave sucking. Hello. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> no, I'll bet the heart of the person, though. Right that talks about this, the heart of the person who teaches this is like genuine, like probably like sister says, I love God or the people who are teaching how to, to speak in tongues. I'm going to teach you how to prophesy. I'm going to teach you how to do, watch this Christian tarot cards. Huh? This is out there. Y'all, these are things that are happening, but you know, in some cases, I believe it's, there's a love there. Like in some of the churches, they, they want to love people. So they allow sexual immorality to come into the church and be a part of the church and say it's okay to be in the church, but it's not okay. And there's here, here, but there's the opportunity to turn these things around. There's an opportunity for us to repent and turn from the wicked ways that are being brought into our churches. Yeah. This is one of those things where in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruits of the spirit, but it also talks right before that about who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's when you're taking those things, that list of things, lustfulness, drunkenness, deceitfulness, you know, all like all those bad fruits of the flesh, right? those things that are really easy for the flesh to do day in and day out. Those things, when you're taking those and bringing them into the church, the witchcraft, all these things, you take those and you bring them into the church and you justify them and you you twist scripture to allow them there when scripture blatantly says those things do not belong among his people and that those that have his heart will stop and turn away from those things just because... I think you said this earlier today, even those things don't fall under the umbrella of the things that you start to do, believe and crave. Right. And I think that that's the issue here is that when we 
when we have a difference of opinion on on interpreting a, a certain scriptures, right. then we tend to have different denominational splits or, right. or things like that. But when you ignore certain verses entirely, there are no verses that actually favor that thing by name. But there are plenty of verses that say to get away from those things by name and you start pursuing them anyway. That is where the church needs intense prayer, Mm -hmm. because if it hasn't already, it's in danger of this. But this idea of repentance, that's the hopefulness, right? Because it's important in the Christian life, there's a good and a bad type of breaking. You do not want to break what God's doing in your life. You want to allow him to break what is wrong in your Mm. life. You don't want to build up a kingdom based on the world and its definitions. You want to allow God to build you up into who you were always meant to be by following him. So in this break and build, it's about not allowing lies to come in and destroy and break the truth so that they can come in and make room. We don't want to, we don't want to do humans a disservice by, by, in wanting to make them feel welcome by allowing them to feel fine with their sin. We want to make them feel welcome despite their sin, not for its sake. We don't want to celebrate the sins. There was a, there was a church out of New York, Mm -hmm. um, Tim Keller, whatever, you know, but his church and people have gone to his church for many different churches to see like, how do you put this together? Because he does not, does not go against doctrine. So he's biblical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, what's the, 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 what's the apostles creed? Yeah. So the apostles creed, the 10 commandments, you know, biblical doctrine and all of these things. And, but, but on the other side of that, he's, he allows people into his church because, okay, come on. How are we going to close the doors on people? Our church doors are supposed to be open. That doesn't mean that we shut people out just because we don't agree with something, but we bring them in to hear the word of God. And the word of God is what changes. The word of God is what gets us back on track. It is that, it's that, it's that the sword, you know, all these swords, like, oh, man, the armor of God and the sword and the, and the breastplate and the, the waist belt of truth and all of these things. But that's what changes people. It's God that changes people. It's truth that changes people. We don't change truth to try to change people because then we're just changing people in that worldly sense, which you say, right. or you say all the time is what? Dung, <laughs> the apostle yeah. Paul. You know, I mean, okay. So when you look at Ephesus, Ephesus was doing all these things that deserve accolades. Right. However, they missed the whole point. And, and to get to where they had gotten action wise and because they're being encouraged that, Hey, do this and, and be reestablished, meaning they were established in the first place to even have been anointed in the first place for the lampstand to even be lit. It means they did love God at first. Right. The pe- the founders of the Ephesus church, the anointing. they mm. were anointed, mm. meaning God had said, this is these people have been entrusted to deliver my word. What had happened is a falling away of the truth by way of loving God. Because now they were in a series of actions that feel good, right? right? Because even if you just do things that are righteous without having the Lord, it feels good. It's just not as common in us. And so it takes extra work. And even sometimes because it took extra work, you feel better about yourself for having done it. Like you feel great, even if you're just a non-believer. Oh, I found $10 and I gave it back (laughs) to the person who dropped it 
I'm doing good today, you know, because you you knew, you felt you were fighting your own temptation. Right. But in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about what you have when you don't have love. Right. And this is what they're talking about here because it says in 1 Corinthians 13 that if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. I could have all the talent in the world and I'm just a noisy gong without mm. God. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. Mm. Now, how do you love others? By having God. Right. And using the love he's talking about here, because he's not talking about your worldly definition, the one that we're born with. He's not talking right. about that. He's talking about the godly love that comes when you have the Holy Spirit within you. Then he says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So you have talent, wisdom, faith, and works, meaning absolutely nothing without love. Mm. And you don't access that love without loving God and letting God work in you. So what has happened to them? Funny enough, he says that you've done a great job pointing out false prophets. However, because you lost your first love, now, based on the patterns we see in scripture and in just our day-to-day lives, now that they've lost their first love, they're actually more vulnerable to Mm. letting in lies now. Even though in the past they were so great at ousting them out, When you lose the love of God in your heart, you start to concede ground. You start to lose the accurate eyesight and you start to have less discernment. And the discernment you do have is warped for human reasons. Right. So now you meet a liar. Now you hate that liar. Instead of praying for them and figuring, asking God what you should do in this situation. Now you hate them. Now there's a reason to stone them. Now let's make some laws to prohibit them. Instead of following what God said, you start following what you think is best. Yeah, we throw out agape. Mm-hmm. We throw out agape love. Right. I mean, in these churches, we're throwing out agape love. And again, I'm going to say this: the heart is a heart, right? And it and it is legitimized in the sense of that's their feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to have all of these things. I want to be able to speak in tongues. I want to be able to 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 prophesy. I want to be able to. I want to own all of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to have someone teach me or we're going to teach them because we want people to have these gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want people to be awakened and awake. And I'm like, but it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. So, right. so, so we're loving, but misaligned love. Right. Because Paul says he wants everyone to have them. Does everyone have them? No. Right. But let me show you the best way to live. Right. He was talking in, in first Corinthians 12, he was talking about all the usefulnesses you can have in first Corinthians 13. He talks about the gifts that, that are of the spirit. He's like, but let me tell you the best way. And he goes into love. Right. And if you focus on that, you don't, you can't tell what God's going to bestow upon you, but you know that, that you're aligned with Mm. the standard he holds the individual too, as well as the church, like the local assemblies and the leaders in with the lampstand anointing. And that lampstand anointing also falls in line with Jesus being the light of the world. Right. Um, And then that carries on to, you know, the believer having the Holy Spirit or the believer doesn't have the Holy Spirit. But right there, there's no light if you don't have the Holy Spirit. There's light available if you do have the Holy Spirit. But if we shut off that light, Mm-hmm. then we don't have a voice that's coming from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Then we cannot stand in front of all the Pharisees and the Sadducees not knowing what to say and speak with eloquent words that are that, right. that have, you know, anointment, right? Um, and as I'm, oh man, as I'm going through like a story, and this is like the hardest story, even Michelle's like, what? <laughs> but Numbers 25, 
And I think that when, before, I, before we dig in and unpack to where we're going to go in this, we have to understand some things in this. This didn't just happen overnight. Right. This happened with a spark. And a spark turned into a flame. And a flame turned into a bonfire. And a bonfire turned into a complete forest fire. Like it was like, and, and leadership was failing. Mm-hmm. Because leadership, okay, they didn't address it. Right. Not not when boom. If leadership jumps in and says no 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 hold up we gotta stop sitting the bite let's let's look at this is this is this God's is this accords with God's commands is this in accordance with what God wants us to do God has given us has given given us rules to follow and instruction and here we have this story where that has just fallen apart and there has to be a time guys when it's not easy. There will be times in our lives, and sometimes I, I'm even the worst. Sometimes I don't want. I'm like, I don't want to say nothing. And then the Holy Spirit's like, nudge, nudge. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> nudge, nudge. And I'm like, oh, come on. And I procrastinate. I a like bit that and, he just has to nudge you though, like nudge, nudge. Oh no. And you're like no. I'm nudge. being I'm being kind to myself. I was like, Beat for down. me, he's like, do it. What's wrong? <laughs> So, so if, we, if you got your Bibles in front of you, I love, I've never said that on a podcast, but if you got your Bibles in front of you, you might want to turn here and follow along because in Numbers 25, one, um, we have the Israelites in the Acacia Grove. Now they've been there obviously for a while and then they're, you know, they're starting to kind of, okay, we know the story of the Israelites, y'all. It's, it's an up and down motion the whole way through. It's like. Anytime a pretty girl gone. bats her eyes and prays right. to some demon oh. God, the Israelites, they just can't help themselves. Uh, right. <laughs> Right. And this, <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyways, but you're right. But, and, and so many other things. Too long oh, didn't read. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, manna. Oh, I don't want manna. I want to go back to Egypt and, and eat meat. But anyways, so let's read. And, and, but then the people begin to commit harlotry, right? With the, with the Moabite women. Um, verse two, they invited the people to sacrifice the, to the sacrifices of their gods. But watch this. They could have said no. And the people ate and bowed down to their gods. Okay. So Israel was joined to Bel Peor. Joined. This isn't like they were just like cordial. No, they were joined to Bel Peor. In other words, they were joined to a demon, y'all. A demon. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, take all of the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord. Out in the sun with the fierce anger of the Lord, where the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So here's where the leaders are getting involved. The leaders like, hey, we got a problem. We got, we got something that's going on here. We need to, to rectify this problem. See the four walls of the church, of the church, the body, the body of God, right? The, the children of God. Mm-hmm. And they step in. And so Moses said to the judge of Israel, every one of you, kill his men who were joined to Belpure. Now, when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. Boy was prepared. This is all. This is I know. Oh. Where were they just hanging out? These javelins. But you know what? Back then was a different time. Different time. Different time. <laughs> in his hand, right? And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite, a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped 
There was a plague going on among the children of Israel. Now listen to this. There was a plague going on. There was consequences to this. You, they, it's not just the fact that they were joined to women, but like Michelle said, they bat their eyes and chase after these women and then end up with the gods. Because what it say in verse five, it says they were joined to Bel Peor. Yeah. It's important to note that this is not a verse that says you cannot <laughs> marry someone outside of your right. clansmen. That's not what this is about. Right? This is, this is a section, and many like it, are used to justify equally unbiblical actions of ranking color, ranking ethnicity, ranking nationality as if it needs better. It comes down to this, being with Christ is better. Not because it makes you better, but because he's best. And so in here, pre-Christ's revelation, right? They were there and they committed adultery against God. Mm. And I think it's important for us to understand. He done already told them that adultery is not okay. They all knew that. And this had been going on for a long time. And they had the right to stone their own wives for committing adultery. But yet we might feel this affrontment Hmm. when we hear that two people were striked through with a javelin for for doing this against God. And it wasn't something that was, like you said, this wasn't like day one someone did it and then javelins through the bodies, right? right? This was something that had been gone on. The plague had killed 24,000 people. A plague had gone around the land, you know? And I think that it was... It was a grace to save the generations that would have Mm. all been but lost because of this deceitfulness, this lie getting in by bowing down. It wasn't them just sitting there saying, oh, these girls are cute. No, they pledged their allegiance to Mm. another entity other than God. And we know that those are one of two things, demons or make-believe. Right, right, right. And right. both are equally appalling and offensive and ridiculous. Right. When you know for a fact God is real. Right. And and remember this too. They weren't there weeping in repentiveness. Yeah. They were weeping because Moses had had had, had put a proclamation down like, no, to take them out this. and hang them. <laughs> they could have easily rejected the women and said, come to Moses and said, hey, We've left them. We're here. Mm-hmm. Because that has happened in, in, in the history of the Israelites. Yes. Where they rejected the women. Yes. That's a hard story to swallow too sometimes. The women and the children. Mm-hmm. And say, so, he, he, but he puts down this decree. <laughs> Go out and hang these men, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here they are with their women weeping at the door. That doesn't show repentance to me. That shows, I, 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 no, wait, hold on, they're here with us. No, hold on. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and, and so it stopped. Mm-hmm. It is stopped. How it stopped might sound brutal. How it was stopped was difficult. It was difficult to, yeah. to witness, to see, to experience. It was a to tragedy. Go through. It's a tragedy. It's not like, yeah, they got what they deserve. No, it's, it's a lie, a little lie comes right. in. And you have the opportunity when it's little to back out quickly with very little done. Mm. The longer leadership allows it to stay, that's headship in your house, right? right? That's headship in the church. 
the longer those kinds of things are allowed to be entertained, then the longer, the more consequences and damage heap up in its wake, the more you end up going. And so then you have a situation where it is so far out of control that a drastic, heart-wrenching conclusion has to occur to get it out. But if you had only come in, you would have been able, and come in and stopped it, you would have been able to prevent all this bloodshed. You would have been able to prevent all these children being born to this, all these women being brought in. If you had just held to the truth up front. When we allow little lies to come in, we start entertaining too much. And then before you know it, oh, whoa, I didn't ask for this. How did this happen? You don't want to admit it started with something so little. And you don't want to admit it started because you just wanted some jollies. Mm. But that's exactly why it started. Because of something you said was harmless or just good old fun. That's how it starts. Right. And that's the true tragedy of right. it. Right. It is tragic. Because then the avalanche happens. And look, consequences, consequences of sin and consequences of going against God's will. They play a huge role in, in how generations even get brought up. Yeah. And, and so when we allow these into our churches, then we see this, this destruction. I mean, come on. The plague killed 24,000 people. They let it get to 24,000 people before even Moses said, hold up. We got a problem. We got a problem. So I'm, I'm throwing this on both sides of, 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 the, of, of the coin here. The leadership, the anointing, the, the congregate. You're anointed too. Right. God, God has brought this light into your life. He has brought the Holy Spirit into your life. He, you are supposed to be the light of the world. This doesn't mean that we don't love. But see, God also is omniscient. And let's know this. It's not like Michelle said, a, 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 an attack against other humans. He knew what was being brought in. He knew what was being worshiped. He knew the influence it was going to have. And he's like, this got to stop. Right. This got to stop. But listen to this, (laughs) the priest, right? The priest. Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. That action was a turning point. That action saved more people than it impacted. Right. And it allowed those Israelites to move forward. We need to move forward. These times are dark. These times, like like the quote I said at the beginning, it's hard, it's difficult, but we need the word of God. We need that building. We need that. And, 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 and we've been blessed in that covenant. We find peace. Yeah. We find joy. We find happiness. We find grace and mercy and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We find God's love in this covenant and how he takes care of us and cares for us. T- same thing. <laughs> he takes care of us and right. cares for us, y'all. But it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful what he does. The world sits there and says, we've been, we're oppressed by the word of God. We're held back by the word of God. We're held down by the word of God. But yet the word of God is so freeing. The word of God actually gives us life in a, in a world of death. Why would we want to turn against that? Right. 
because we love people like we're supposed to, but we love people in truth. And also with this priest in this, Numbers 25, he gives them an everlasting priesthood. Mm -hmm. We have been given the everlasting priesthood when we believe in Jesus. Right. That This is our responsibility. There is nowhere in the Bible that says we just allow the world to come into our church and do whatever the, the world wants to do inside of our churches. Right. Nowhere in the Bible. Right. In fact, it tells us that we're supposed to receive them in love and give them truth. Yeah. Um, and that is exactly what that church, Kelly's church in, in yeah. New York does. Yeah. I mean, in, the, in one of the places of like, yeah, of, of darkness and, and just, you know, things that are going bad and, and like evil, yeah. right? He's built a very successful church because they bring them in and give them truth. Right. And the word of God is what changes us. Huh. He was zealous for his God. Yeah. And made atonement for the children of Israel. That's amazing. Are you zealous for your God? Right. I ask you that. Are you zealous for your God? Are you willing to go out on the limb and say, oh, this isn't right? Are you willing as a pastor when the congregation is telling you you need to preach a certain way, be a certain way, accept certain things, to sit there and say, no, I'm not. I am going to stick to the word of God. Because it, within the word of God, it's amazing that all of these things are addressed and taken care of. No matter where you're looking at it from, justice to unjustice, sexual immorality to morality, all of these things are, are finalized and put together and said, this is how you live. We were taught that like you, you aired to it, but we were talking about the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. When you have the fruit of the spirit, it's amazing how those other things fall off. Right. It's like, wait, 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 I want these things. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're talking, the lies that come into the church and disrupt the church and break the church. And if that anointing comes off your church, your church is in trouble. Global church is still okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Global church is still okay. But that spot and that anointing that was prescribed by God. Right. I don't care what people say. Oh, churches. No, this is a prescription. God prescribed it. First Timothy, second Timothy, Titus, the positions would never exist if it wasn't a necessity. Right. And we have to remember that this is the, the, the word of God. Right. Right. And the word of God is living and active. Sharper than eight two edged sword, piercing to the division of souls and, and of the spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's not always easy and it hurts. I think one of the big questions people would have when they read this story is, you know, Oh, so are we now prescribed? Like, so when you say, you know, are you willing to go out on limb? Am I willing to go out and like kill everybody who's oh, leading yeah. the church astray? Is that, and it's like, this is, don't let it get to a point where the only what thing you can imagine would work to solve the problem is javelin spearing people. <laughs> well, that's an Old Testament. You know, I think that, yes, it's Old Testament, <laughs> but I also think. It, the answer is not the smart alky. Oh, so we're supposed to just like kill people who are doing right. No, like that's not the point. The point is, are you ready to step up in your local church? Whether or not you're a pastor, like Shay said, right? We're, we're the royal priesthood, the sainthood, the ability to be a light in a dark place. Those are all given to each believer. And are you ready to stand up and have that metaphorical javelin and say, I will not stand for this anymore. This is not okay. I think becoming a mom is one of those times where mm. I realized 
I had so many things where because I've already tasted and seen that the Lord is good, I no longer have interest in these things. But I realized when I was holding our little girl that she's a kid like I was. And so much of what is out there is targeted to kids and for, I mean, we could we could tack on a right. lot of demonic reasons why, but it could just be an, a, a really talented marketer who really knows how to reach kids and they're worldly. And so they want that kid to buy their worldly thing and keep that kid on that worldly slide that none of them see is taking them straight to hell. Because it's easy to just go downstream with the culture and just flow on into the abyss of nothingness right. in eternity, right? And so when you have these situations, you realize that your child is going to think those things are great looking, mm. that those things taste great. Like how many of the, like those little chicken nuggets in the freezer, they taste terrible, but food science made it so our kids love them. I don't get it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, like fish sticks and all this stuff, like things I used to think were great. Now I try them, I'm like, get that away from me, right? <laughs> and so realizing that just because, right? And I think this is how a lot of churches end up this way. They have the spirit. They mm. know the truth. And so it's almost like this this momentary lapse in memory where it becomes more important to attract people in in high numbers out of a genuine desire to not see them go to hell. right? But instead of trusting that the word of God is enough, it's, oh, we need to give them fish sticks and chicken nuggets mm. that taste like cardboard. Not all chicken nuggets taste like cardboard, but, you know, <laughs> uh, we need to give them slutty plastic dolls and we need to give them esoteric little bubbling witch cauldrons and right. we need to give them all these things, right, that they're familiar with in the world rather than having faith that God can draw them in with his good, pure light, we need to borrow from the trash that the world deceives them with, bring it in to get them here, and then hope that those little lies are not, don't change their taste buds and make them right. crave more lies instead of more truth. Right. You know, fruit tastes sweeter the longer you've abstained from high fructose corn syrup. Yep. Yep. So it's important to help them abstain not just control their addiction to manipulate for our own goals, but instead do this the way that lampstand stands for something. It had right. six of those almond blossom places for the, and then it had one that represented Christ. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of completion. It shows that man is not complete without Christ. Right. So the lampstand lighting up and being in these places like it was in the tabernacle, like it is in these metaphorical church, seven churches, it shows that the lampstand signifies that these churches understand they're nothing without Christ. Right. And in understanding that, they're saying that despite my discomfort, despite the temptation to draw people in with a sugary fix, we're going to trust that your way is mm, better. Right. So that we don't start letting things in and it feels great at first, but suddenly years down the road, well, why do none of our people actually know the word of God? Why do none of them crave to read the Bible? Why mm. do they all start demanding more catchy music and they can't stand to sing a hymn every once in a while? Why can't, you know, why are their children more familiar with what Power Rangers there are instead of who the apostles were? Right. Why? What happened? Where do we go? Well, where did we go? Right. 
But it can start with us just refusing the chicken nuggets, refusing the fish sticks. And instead saying, no, I'm the Lord. I mean, I am of the Lord of loaves and fish. He can give me a fresh fish right out the water, Mm. Mm. you know? And if, if all you can afford right now is fish sticks, that's not the point, y'all. Don't get offended about that. I don't, I don't, the Lord anoints everything, but you get what I'm saying, right? If you had the choice between if you're, man, I really wish my kid liked actual fish, we would say that. And I think that that's the point. You know, we want our children, we want ourselves to crave the real thing, the high quality thing, mm. even if it's not, even if we don't feel like it's always accessible. Right. With God, it always is. Right. Why Caleb and Joshua? Mm-hmm. Joshua's generation. Yeah. Right? It can change. It's not hopeless. Right. It's actually very hopeful. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where we sit there and, and understand the importance of the word of God. And we understand that Jesus has the power over the spiritual and the, and the spiritual evil, the spiritual natural and spiritual evil. Right. That cross is a defining point of, of defeat for the spiritual for the supernatural, for that evil. And that is what this is. This is evil trying to infiltrate the four walls so that it breaks down the church. And we've seen it. We see it and we see it. And what's amazing is how important this is. Uh, but the African scholar, Lamine Sané, sits there and shows how this plays, played a role in African culture. They had all the witchcraft and they had all the demons and they had all these things and they didn't know how to fight it. Right. Because it, by the 1900s, look... African Christians were only 9%. That was four to one to the Muslims. Give it some years later with Christianity and the Bible and Christ coming into it. Now they have something to battle all of this with. They're like, wait, all of these years I had nothing. I had no armor. I had no defense. I had no, 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 no protection. Right. And here comes the answer. Jesus Christ in victory. Yes. And it overcame. And they're like, now we can defeat the witches. We can defeat the wit, all of the, the evil that comes out of the supernatural. Right. And that's amazing. Yeah. Today, they're 44% and they outnumber Muslims. Yes. yes. And that's amazing. It gave them an answer. We have the answer. It's the word of God. It is how we should face the world. It is, it is something that we can sit there and look at the world and look at the lies and say, hold up. Uh-uh. I don't want that spark. I don't want that spark. I don't want to end... In, in a harder decision than what I have to make up front. Because eventually you got to face it. No matter what we did in life, guys, we had to face it one day to come to the cross and say, oh man, I had it all wrong. Right. But we can do it. And we can stop the lies and keep them lies out. Amen? Amen. Thank you, guys. We had a lot of verses. They'll all be at thepantrypodcast.com. And remember that you can help support our food pantry in Kisumu, Kenya, as well as help support the show by going to thepantrypodcast.com slash support or patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe wherever you podcast and catch other great shows on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Network on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.